When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Ball just came about six or seven steps to the left. There we go! Deep to left! It's gone! A grand slam for Albume! Adolis Garcia goes deep, Dave Raymond home run call a day, and there is nothing usually better to kick off a day than the home run call of the day, than a good home run call. But there is one thing that's probably better when you wake up and you soak in the great game of baseball, and that's a middle-of-the-night trade, especially at the trade deadline. Well, that's exactly what you got. You got a middle-of-the-night trade, a huge one. Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez go from the Chicago White Sox to the Los Angeles Angels for their second and third-ranked prospects Edgar Caro, Caro, excuse me, Edgar Caro, the catcher, number two prospect for the Angels, and Kai Bush, a pitcher, number two and number three ranked prospects in a trade for Lucas Giolito, who's a rental, Ronaldo Lopez, relief pitcher. Holy mackerel. So when we talked and we thought yesterday the big trade was going to be simply the one that you had with the Guardians, the Guardians getting Noah Syndergaard for the Dodgers to the Dodgers for Ahmad Rosario, another infielder, the second straight day the Dodgers are trading for an infielder, Ahmad Rosario. And, you know, listen, Syndergaard's, uh, people know who he is. And the Guardians try to sort of jump the market when it comes to starting pitching. We thought that was going to be the trade. No, 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 no. This was a whopper. And today we're going to get into, once again, after we pick through these trades a little bit, the trade deadline confessions. We got a lot going on. We didn't know that the trade was going to drop in the middle of the night, that we're going to have this big Giolito trade, but we do have it, so we have to pick through it a little bit. But we do have trade deadline confessions on the podcast today. We have more people talking about trade deadlines. We have the guy who was up until just the other day, the only guy who had actually could talk about experience a trade deadline deal, and that was Pierce Johnson, relief pitcher who went to the Braves. 
Had a rough outing on Wednesday night coming in for Spencer Strider. But he a great guy and also gives great perspective of what in 2023 is like to be involved in a trade deadline deal. So he's part of the trade deadline confessions. Then we have three guys who haven't been part of trades at the deadline themselves, but have been part of teams that have executed trades and also understand what it's like to go through that week. We have Colin McHugh, veteran for the Braves, spent a lot of time with Houston, obviously. He talks about the Verlander trade at the deadline. Holy mackerel, that was one of the biggest ever. And then you have a couple guys for the Red Sox, Kenley Jansen. Speaking of, he also went through some whoppers. He went through way back the Manny Ramirez trade when he was, uh, he was in the minor leagues. Then you have the enormous 2012 deal with Beckett and Carl Crawford and Adrian Gonzalez and our great friend Nick Punto go to the Dodgers. He was part of the Dodgers then. And then he had another one, you Darvish. So he talks about the being on those teams or being in those organizations, that organization, when those deals go down. And Richard Blyer has a great, great story about thinking that he's going to get traded and watching the manager walk to him to tell him he thought that it was going to be traded. Anyway, trade deadline confessions. There you go. All right. Well, let's start with the Syndergaard trade. The You talk to anybody in the major leagues right now, and they'll tell you that starting pitching is just impossible to get without paying a premium. Good starting pitching. So what the Guardians did, they traded for a guy that isn't, well, let's be honest, like isn't very good right now. He is no Syndergaard. Stuff is down. He's on the eye. He's rehabbing from a blister. Um, he just isn't the Noah Syndergaard everybody thought uh, would be surfacing. Certainly the Dodgers thought they were getting. So maybe you're going to catch lightning in the bottle, they feel. Maybe that's the case. They didn't have to give up too, too much. Ahmad Rosario came over to the Lindor trade, and he's just had a down year. But... It's two situations where both these guys have done something in the past, and both these guys, you know, if you get the best version of themselves, then maybe they can help you in an area of need. That's what this trade comes down to. I mean, I don't know if there's more to, to talk about in regards to that. And like I said, we thought that that was going to be the be-all, end-all when it came to talking about the trade deadline. Nope, 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 because... and. As he said, about midnight Eastern, we get the word. Giolito Lopez for two of the top prospects in the Angel systems. Catcher Edgar Caro and pitcher Kai Bush. Both are in double A. So a big part of this deal that in terms of having the overall conversation is something that happened a little bit earlier in the night. Which was, you had, I believe it was Tom Verducci came out and reported Shohei Otani not going to get traded, not being put on the market. That, that conversation has come and go. We had fun with it while it lasted, but nope, formally taking off the market. So when you have that, the Otani getting taken off the market, that was step one. Then you have this deal. And so the Angels are we're now going over the luxury tax for the first time. That says something right there. But, you know, every, anyone who doubted that the Otani news wasn't real, 
Well, of course, it's defined now. It's definitive. They are going for it. You're talking about four games out. You're talking about playing pretty decently since the break. You're, you're, you're in it. I mean, you're not in it like some teams, but you're in it just enough. And you desperately, desperately needed, if you wanted to have that conversation about being in it and going, make a run for it, you needed to find a starter. Giolito's a good one. Giolito is a legit top-of-the-rotation starter. And he also is a rental. That's what makes this so interesting. Sure, you know, you got a, a, a Lopez is a good relief pitcher. One of those guys in the White Sox, the Godfather's there, Graveman's there, Lopez. They have some good arms there, and they're probably going to get dealt. And Lopez was going to always get dealt. But you also have, in, in that bullpen with the Angels now, setting up all-star Carlos Estevez, you have Matt Moore and now Lopez. So that's a nice little piece of the puzzle there. But Giolito, that's the guy. You have, up other than him, you have Reed Detmers, you have Patrick Sandoval, you have Griffin Canning, and Tyler Anderson. So then, of course, Javi Berea is going to be pushed along relief now. But you have these guys, and, okay, you know, again, we talk about best-case scenario. We talk about the best of these guys. Well, all right, it's fine. But there's nobody in that group where you say absolutely top of the rotation guy. The guy top of the rotation is the guy who we mentioned before, Shohei Itani. So that's your one-two punch. You Let's just look at this when it comes to the postseason. You get to the postseason, what you have is this is the perfect world for the Angels. You have now, you have a Giolito, and you have Otani. Boom, boom. Detmer is 4-3-8 ERA. Um, so, you know, Sandoval, Canning, back of the rotation, you know, and, and Tyler Anderson, you know, five ERA. So, you know, it's not, not great, but you have, now you have two guys where you can, you can head into any postseason or an important series and say, you feel pretty good about things with Giolito and Otani. I mean, that's just how it is. They, everyone knew that if they were going to actually make a run, they needed to find a guy like Giolito, and boy, did they pay a price. I mean, you got, sure, you you have Caro, and you have Bush, and they are the number two and number three ranked prospects in the system. Now, understand, they still are, MLB Pipeline has them, you know, after 60 overall in their top 100. So it's not like you're doing a top 10, top 20, top 30 guys. But still, for that organization, anybody who wanted to trade for Giolito would be go look right now. You have to ask the question in your organization, would you trade your number two and number three ranked prospects for Giolito, Lucas Giolito, or rental? The best pitcher on the market, probably, but everyone knew, El rental. So the White Sox... Maybe it's the fact that, you know, you were able to throw in Lopez. Good for them. Good for them. I mean, I mean, they, they got to – if these guys pan out, you get the catcher of the future. You got another pitcher of the future. You're on your way. You got a lot of things to turn over that roster. That was a step in the right direction for a rental. I don't think they did too poorly. All right. So, oh, my goodness. So, so, many, so much news. So much news. The Otani thing. You have this big trade. You have a trade before it. 
here we go. So this is just a great, great way to start the day. When you're waking up, you're listening to this podcast, or you're going through the day, you're listening to this podcast, and we want to keep it going for you. I want to keep the interviews coming. So I'm going to give you some trade deadline confessions. We're going to do, first we're going to do Colin McHugh, then we're going to do Pierce Johnson, then we're going to do Kenley Jansen, and then we're going to do Richard Blyer. So first up, Colin McHugh, who, like we said, has gone through some wild trade deadlines with Houston, including the Verlander deal in 2017. Remember that? That was nuts. And, and like, Colin McHugh is a very thoughtful guy. He's a great guy to talk to about anything. But it's really interesting to hear him talk about being on those teams, being on teams, going through this process. And you know what? More teams are going through this process because we got more trades. All right, here you go. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you, FanDuel, for being part of our world, being part of our family. So good. At BB isn't boring. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be the great rest of the week. It's going to be a great time leading into the trade deadline. All right, here you go. Colin McHugh. So you've been a few through a few of these, obviously on winning teams, you know, that have gotten guys. Um, I guess the first thing is, it, is it overstating the sort of the dynamic of when it, when a front office says, even the littlest things, we went out and got this, the message that it sends, or is that sort of like a cliche sort of thing? Yeah, I, I think it depends on the depends on the deal, depends on the player, depends on the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are a lot of factors that play into what's good short-term versus long-term. But, you know, in the clubhouse, we've you spend a whole, you know, the whole first half of the season and spring training, so really about four and a half months already, um, you know, preparing with the guys that you have. And so you uh, you can't really, like, you can't really think about or focus too hard on anything else that's coming in because, number one, there's no guarantee, and number two, like, you've built kind of a family around the guys that you have. Um, and so, inevitably, a trade deadline comes along, and, uh, or even earlier in the year, there's been trades that have happened. And um, you know, baseball players are resilient. I'll say that. Uh, both the people who are traded and the people who come in, and the clubhouses that they both go to, respectively. Um, and you know, you pick it up, you pick it up where you where you left it, and you keep going. Uh, there's not a whole lot else you can do about it. But uh, you know, I know our, I know our front office has done since you know since my time here, we've done a pretty good job of. Um, both bringing guys in and and bringing you know older older guys and bringing Chab beginning to bring Chavi back last year I feel like comes to mind as a small as a small deal but something that like emotionally means a lot to to the team so um, you always want to get better but you know you've got to wait against what's already there so you raise a good point and it's actually like one thing that I, I talked to a few guys about but I think it's an important part which is how you view yourself because I was talking to James Paxton about this is that. I think that teams view themselves in the most optimistic way because you know each other. You know the best of each other, right? Um, do you, and, and conversely, like the media is like picking it through the worst. Do you think that's sort of a fair analysis of it? Because, like, again, you're coming from a perspective, from a player, from a team, that we say, hey, we can do this. Yeah, I don't think necessarily that... You know, it's, it's as cut and dry as you know. We see the best ourselves, and you know, media media tends to see the the worst or the the cracks in the in the, in the massage. But um, you know, for us, I think there's only there's only one thing that you can do, and it's go prepare to play every day with whoever you got out there. 
and the things that we're not in control of are the lineup, we're not in control of the rotation, we're not in control of the depth. Uh, you know, those are decisions that are above our pay grade, probably. And uh, you know, for us, you know, you strap it along, strap it up along the, the guys next to you every day, no matter who it is. You know, it's like yesterday, you get a guy, you get Pierce, you get Taylor, and um, you spend a day. Talking to them, getting to know them, see where they're from, see how they're in school. It's kind of like the first day of school in a lot of sense. And the goal is to, I know, for them to integrate as quickly as possible, and for us to the same thing to to make sure that you know we're creating a, a good space for them to come in and be their best. Because every every guy out of the 26 is going to be extremely important down the stretch and, and into the playoffs. Um, so the old. I think the old guard of you know making tough on guys, age guys, you know, do all that kind of stuff because they might be taking your job is is out the window because we care about winning here and our, our organization's done that for a long time. That's a great perspective. Um, what's your most memorable trade deadline? You know, whether it was a rumor or whether it was being part of a team and getting somebody. Probably Houston in 2017. You know, we got Verlander at the deadline and um, we've been banged up all year, starting pitching wise. Uh, we're starting to get starting to get healthy again, but um, you know we really we knew we had a really good team, and it was just a matter of trying to get trying to get a, an arm that could really like really help us down the stretch, and then in, in, a, in a five seven game series, really be able to go out there and, and be a workhorse. And you know, a guy like JV is available. Um, I think everybody wants him, so I think all of us had a very yeah, what tempered, was, we had a tempered expectation. Yeah, what was that like? So like, I mean, again, like we know we follow it on whatever. Yeah. Well, from a player's perspective, what was that like that day or the days leading up? I, I didn't. I didn't think it was going to happen. I don't think anybody in the clubhouse really thought it was going to happen. And you can't like, you can't rest on rest on that thinking. Okay, well, well, maybe maybe tomorrow because you still have a game to play every day. Um, so I, I'm always uh, hope for the worst, prepare or hope for the best, prepare for the worst uh, type mentality and. Um, you know, when, when they announced it and, and he actually showed up in the clubhouse, it was you know it was a signal that like, all right, we're we're here, we're we're trying to win this thing. Um, and so I, I remember that being a pretty memorable one. I remember getting Grinky, getting uh, Garrett Cole in the off season. I remember yeah, there were some big some big trades that happened, and I was like, okay, this is a this is a this is a, this is a yeah. good sign for us. Was that have you ever been part of the scroll like the rumors like the. I mean, when they're everybody younger. Everybody a little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, I think everybody, every, every person in the locker room is like trying to listen around, be like, is, that, is my name going to come up? Because it's tough. It's hard to get traded in the middle of the season, especially oh, yeah. in the season, especially if you've got family and, you know, housing situation, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of things you got that people don't realize go into getting traded versus just putting on a different jersey. Yeah. All right, great stuff from McHugh. Next up, his new teammate. Guy had a rough outing on Wednesday, but still, you know, listen, stories yet to be told. One of the relief pitchers for the Rockies who are, are going to get dealt, who actually did get dealt, and he was one of the first, he may have been the first trade deadline guy of the year. When And so when you have the first trade deadline guy of the year, he's going to come on the Baseballs and Boring Podcast. What it's like to get traded in 2023 at the deadline. Here you go. Here's Pierce Johnson. Um, so... Take me through, again, I've never been traded. I've certainly never been traded at the trade deadline. Yeah. What, what was that like for you? Uh, you know, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, I hadn't been having the greatest year or anything, but, you know, I've had glimpses of some great outings and, you know, some bad ones. And uh, uh, we were in Miami and just got on a plane. We landed in D.C. and, you know, got back fairly late, whatever it was, and, um, you know, we've heard rumblings of guys maybe getting traded and whatnot, but uh, 
went to bed, woke up in the morning, and I had two missed calls from our GM. <laughs> and then, You've probably never had two missed calls from the GM before. Yeah, and then the last time, you know, I got a call from the GM at the hotel, it was because uh, was I got options. So um, was really kind of curious on what that was. So met him up in his room, and him and Buddy Black just, uh, you know, said great things about me and, and, and told me I was straight here. And, uh, you know, it was couldn't believe it at first. I mean, that was something that was a possibility but I didn't know if that was ever going to happen um, but man just the wave of emotions because Denver's home um, but you know this is a place that everybody wants to come play yeah it's an uh, unbelievable team this organization's great uh, the guys have been super welcoming just made the transition super easy and can't wait to finally pitch so setting the scene a little bit what time in the morning was that um, Wait, I don't want to. I don't want to reveal like what time you wake up. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's on the road, and my kids aren't with me, so I uh, do listen, sleep in. If you, if you, listen, noon is noon is acceptable. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah it was ten forty-five. Uh, so. Okay, talking ten forty-five. All right, yeah. so good. So, um, so you, you you get the call. You you see the calls. You call them back. They let you know. Do you just stare at the ceiling for a little bit, or do you call people, or like how's that? Yeah, work? Well, I call my wife because obviously you know we got to get logistics down yeah. and getting her. And Which is another there. part of this, man. Like this is you know trade deadline for families and wives, and so it's a big deal. It is, and you know it's kind of drinking water from a fire hose because you know every organization or operates differently, and um, you know now you got to learn everybody's names and, and how the work with new catchers and bullpen coaches and pitching coaches and a manager and you probably have a different role and you know training staff and mm. it's just it's a lot of stuff going on but um it's uh yeah it, i was pretty ecstatic because you know this is a team that like i said earlier it's, it's unbelievable this the talent in this lineup is yeah. stupid so uh just the fact that they valued me like that and i got to come here is awesome well that's another part well I want to stick with your wife's reaction. What was her? Because, you know, I say I've never been traded. She's yeah. never been part of a wife of a player that's been traded. But yeah. she's, what, was she, was she like, whoa, whoa, what? Uh, she, yeah, she was a little surprised, to be honest. And, and you know, it's bittersweet, too, because Denver's home. So, yeah. you know, we were sleeping in our own bed. We had, you know, my parents, her parents, uh, you know, our siblings were all around. And, um, so that is hard saying bye to them. But at the same time, we're coming to a great situation mm-hmm. in a great city. And, uh so she's she's excited, but there's it's a little bit hectic, you know, trying to get cars and stuff because like you know I only travel for you know it's what eight game road trip or eight day road trip, yeah, so yeah, you know, run a little. <laughs> You're running out of clothes. Yeah, running out of some, <laughs> some clean underwear. So we gotta we gotta figure yeah. that out. Um, you had mentioned it's cool that they want you, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's always a, a tricky thing where and I talked to actually when uh, you guys Nolan Jones was in when he get traded for Cleveland he was very honest like these are the guys I came up with you know these are the guys I was in spring training with and and, and, and that's awesome it's also awesome to be wanted by someone so it's the push pull type of thing right no doubt and you know I felt very valued in Colorado it was a great experience everybody there was you know tremendous they treated me so well uh, and it was home like I said but. Um, the fact that a winning team of this caliber went out and got me and gave up some of their prospects, it means a lot, you know. That makes, you know, kind of gives you a little breath of fresh air. And, you know, I, mean, I literally went from last place to first place in, in a matter of seconds. So, um, really just super excited for the opportunity. This is going to be a lot of fun. Did, um, you, you know, I know Daniel Bard over there really well. And obviously, his name's come, a lot of your names come up. In the weeks leading up to this, has, 
do you guys talk about it, or is it like thou shall not talk about trade deadline? Or uh, you know, we play GM a little bit in, yeah. the, uh, in the bullpen. It's kind of our favorite pastime down there. <laughs> like, hey, if you trade this guy or that guy and make this move, you know. But uh, you know, Bardo's a good friend of mine, and, and uh, you know, he he's got the chance to get traded too. I mean, he's yeah. phenomenal. He's you know, resurgence after you know his time away from baseball. But um, yeah, we didn't talk specifically about. But you got a lot of time in the bullpen. I can understand. Oh yeah, we know. Yeah, like I said, favorite pastime playing GM down there, especially in the minor leagues when you're like, hey, well, if that guy gets traded, and I can go up, or this guy can move. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, yeah. It's an Otani on his own can take up like six innings easily. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, we, we've talked about that. Or how much he's going to sign for right. this offseason. That's yeah, a fun yeah, one. Yeah. Over-unders yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. So, yeah, welcome yeah. to the world of this year in baseball. Yeah. yeah, But it's always fun because, you know, yeah. the change of scenery for a lot of guys. When you, if Otani does get moved, like, that's going to be that's going to go down in history, right? Yeah. It's one of the best players of all time to get traded. Like, what do you get in return for that? Well, it's, believe me, welcome to my world. This oh, yeah. is, this is <laughs> what we've been doing for last right. month. Right. But it's, uh, so this last thing is, so now it, it's great you're on a great team. It's great you're evaluating everything. Now it's like when you guys return home, now it becomes, like you said, it's, it, it, does your wife just say, listen, I'll take care of everything? Yeah, my wife's a rock. She, uh, she takes care of a lot of stuff for me off the field, which makes my life so much easier. But, you know, she's got two kids to handle with that, too. So uh, she's got her hands full. But um, she's coming out for the next homestand, which is I can't wait to see my kids. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, there's only two months in the playoffs, but who knows what uh, how much we're on the road. And I think we're on the road quite a bit in the next couple of months. Well, that's another part. You have to look. You have to learn. You have to learn names. Like I was talking yeah. to Colin, and he said, like you know, getting together, learning about you. You know, you're learning about them. I don't know how many guys you know in this team or, or what. Yeah, I mean, I knew Kirby pretty well from San Diego, so that helps. You know, just having one person to be able to talk to. But you know, it's funny once you talk to each and every guy, there's a connection you have with somebody you played with, or you know. You know this guy, or this coach coached your buddy, or your coach coached with your coach. And so, you know, the world becomes really small when you start you know, talking to everybody. But it is, it's a lot. You've got to get everybody's name down. you got kids, you got moving, you got, you know, you got to get more contacts, got to, you know, my toothbrush charger, all the little things, you know? It's all the little things you got to put into it. I love that. You're officially, the, this is why this is a great conversation. <laughs> the toothbrush chargers in the last day of July. And we'll, yeah, so. right? well, well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I guess you could now say, now that we have Kenley on again, even for this short time, Kenley Jansen, front of the program. Look, a millionth time he's been on, but you know why you have him on? Because he's always interesting to talk to, and he loves the podcast. He loves coming on. He loves dog- chopping it up. And today, I had totally forgot he was with the Dodgers going all the way back to when the Manny Ramirez trade happened in 2008. And then, of course, I had totally forgot that he was in the locker room when those guys came over back at Crawford, Gonzalez, Punto. I totally forgot that. And then, of course, the the ultimate for him, like he said, the ultimate, we're going for it. Hey, everybody, buckle up. You Darvish going the Dodgers. Now, here you go. Is it a little bit from Kenley? Always good. Favorite, most memorable trade deadline ever. Ah, the most memorable deadline ever to me. Even when I was playing the big leagues or without playing the big leagues. Either, whatever. I think two things. I was in the farm system with the Dodgers. I think the Manny Ramirez trade. 
Ooh. was a good highlighter for the Dodgers. I think that was excited. You see what he did in LA, the Manny Wood. So to me, I will never forget that one. And the other one I won't forget is, you know, when I was playing the big, um, two trades when I played playing in the league. When we got U Darvish in 17, we tried to win a World Series. I think that was ecstatic. Um, and then the other second favorite that I have was Adrian Gonzalez, Carl Crawford, and Josh oh. Beckett. Yeah. Oh, all right. So, let me, let me ask you real quick, okay? The Manny one. You're in the minor leagues. Yeah. When you were you like? What? Tell me. Were you in like in like some dorm room or something? Oh, it was crazy. I don't even remember, but I was. To me, that was. You're like this is this, this is this is it. I mean, nobody thought that Manny would left Boston, and you know, and. They trade him, and to me, that was that was one of the trade that I remember. And you realize this, this is a business. Yeah, it's a business. It's a business. And then, uh, yeah, and then the Josh Beckett trade too. All right, so so I'm going to tell you this: you were in the major leagues then, right? I was in the major league for the Josh Beckett and 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 yeah, okay. Adrian Gonzalez. So do you remember where they, where they showed up? I remember because I went there. You, we, we were in the same locker room together. Do you even know? I think they came home, right? Colorado. Colorado, yeah. That's where the first time they got there. So when when they walk in, when you hear that, that's that's a big... It was crazy to me. You know, like, I faced Adrian Gonzalez before when he was with the Padres. But it was more Josh Beckett to me. It's like, man, yeah, it's like, we get one of the... Great pitcher that you know pitched for the generation in probably like those two decades, like in the early 2000s, even when it was Florida Marlins to the Boston, and now either with the Dodgers. So to me, that was you know you talk about what the three-time champion, probably. Oh, yeah. And he throws a no-hitter with the Dodgers. And he throws a no-hitter with the Dodgers. That's the most memorable. I remember the, the next year when Kirsch did it and he did it. So yeah. What What is it like being on a team when I, where were you? Were you guys on the bus? Were you in the hotel when when all that? When you start hearing about that because that that was the nuttiest thing I've ever seen. Train? Yeah. I was in the hotel room I think at night when that thing happened. You know, it was crazy. Many, I remember Henley Ramirez happened first and then they happened right after. So that was that was a crazy and then the U Darvish run uh, that's the one I still remember. We was actually in an airplane going east coast. I forgot where he was going and we trade for U Darvish. I think that was that was crazy. And that was the epitome of if you make a move we gotta feel good about ourselves. In 2017, yes. Like, we know that we was a championship team. And having a guy like you, Darvish, it would have boosted up us, you know, by having Kirsch, Rich Hill, and you, Darvish, and, and Alex Wood. That was a really good four starting right there. Last thing, do you like the trade deadline? Did I like it? Is it, is it like nerves? You, you have buddies that you don't want to leave, and you oh, me leaving? I don't think. No, I'm no, not you. Yeah, no, yeah, we've yeah. already gone through that. Yeah, no, 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 but, but it's just a weird time, right? Yeah, it's a weird time. It's business, you know. You understand that, you know. So anything can happen, you know. But I think more than likely, you know, I think any, I, I like where I like our team. I like where we had any any small equation we did, you know. I think it's gonna help. You can do it again. Cross your fingers to say bye. Let's go. All right, another guy who has been on the podcast before and also super insightful all the time. We we had him on trying to rebuff the idea that the sweeper was actually a thing. Go listen to that podcast. It's pretty good. Richard Blyer, who's been on a bunch of teams and been involved in some 
uh, a lot of trades, but also has been involved in just watching guys get traded. And I just like I just like this story he tells. It's a good story. All right. Well, I hope everybody's enjoyed the podcast, and we'll keep them coming. We got uh, more trade deadline stuff coming. We'll go through power through the entire weekend. We're not stopping. We're not taking any breaks. It's trade deadline season. And so there you go. Rate, review, subscribe. Here you go, Richard Blyer. So I have a few, um, I guess, but I think when I was in Baltimore, there, we had a pretty veteran bullpen, uh, like Brock, O'Day, um, Britton. And I was, I don't know, had a couple years service time, or, but I still was the least amount, so I was carrying the bullpen bag with like all the whatever stuff we have out there in the bullpen. And from like one day to the next, I was like second in service time um, after the trade deadline. They traded away everybody. Um, they all went somewhere. And uh, and then all of a sudden, I, I, I was sitting with Michael Givens, and we were the two most senior members of the bullpen uh, overnight, it seemed. And, and so that was an interesting... It was an interesting uh, turn of events. That's crazy. Yes. Um, but, no, I don't have, like, you know, I've never been a deadline deal, but it, just seeing how people deal with this time of the year is, is always interesting. And some people aren't bothered by it, and some people just can't stop reading about yeah. the, <laughs> the speculation and well, stuff. So. Well, yeah, and I, I talked to Sonny Gray. I always remember Sonny was yeah. like, oh my goodness, he was in every rumor, right? Yeah. And he said, like, it got to the point where he went up to David Force and said, hey, you know, what's going on? And, I mean, you've probably seen guys do that, right? I've done it. Oh, you I've, did? Yeah, and I've just asked, you know, and, and they said, they were saying just, uh, what makes you think anybody wants you, you know, giving me a hard time. Um, uh, yeah, because in 21, I was having a pretty good year, and the Marlins were not doing well when I was there, and uh, so... Obviously, left-handed relief pitching is kind of a, a target for sure. So I figured I had a decent chance, and we were, had already started trading away. We traded Duvall to the Braves, and um, there was a few other guys that, that went. Simber went, Curtis went. Uh, I think I don't remember who else. But anyway, so I figured I had a decent chance to go too. And uh, I remember um, the deadline was like three or four that year, and I was standing next to John Curtis. We were about to start throwing. Uh, we had a game that night at home. Mattingly walks out. He's walking down, and he points. And I was like, oh, here we go. You know, they got me. And I started walking to him, and he's like, no, not you. And he points to Curtis, and it was Curtis. And so Curtis was the last deadline deal there that year for the Marlins, and, and I was I was safe uh, until the next year. See, that's a great stuff. Yeah, so that was interesting. Yeah. I, I I think I'm sure Mattingly probably enjoyed um, messing with me a little bit. Yeah, it it was. uh, It's a hectic time. Uh, It's exciting, I think. You know, and I think it's a great opportunity for people who get traded to contenders from teams that aren't doing well. And I think that uh, that's how I've always thought of it as. It's just a great opportunity to really, uh, you know, you you see plenty of people who have good postseasons like really change the course of their career. Yeah. Um, and, And so. And to not get that opportunity is kind of, you know, what can you do? You can't control it. So just being on a good team and pitching well when it counts really goes a long way, it seems.